Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Susan Walsh. I'm the fixer of dirty data and delighted to be your host on this podcast. I'm the founder and MD of the Classification Guru, a specialist data classification, taxonomy customization, and data cleansing consultancy. And in today's episode, I am excited to be joined by Alec Merced, developer advocate at Dremio. And we're going to talk about the Hadoop migration and moving to frictionless cloud. So hello, Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. Thank you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your time at Dremio? I'm a developer advocate here at Dremio. And one of the things that I kind of get involved in is a lot on just kind of helping people understand the different architectures, especially about a lot of these cutting edge architectures, particularly the data lake house and sort of like one, what is it? to sort of how do you achieve it? Like what are the different components? Particularly talking about things like table formats. I spent a lot of time writing articles, building tutorials, doing example videos on something called Apache Iceberg. Uh, that is a key component to building an open lake house. It's just been a fun time here at Dremio where basically I've gotten to immerse myself in the data world and, and helping people kind of improve their data infrastructure. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you are the perfect person to be on this podcast then. I, I hope so. <laughs> Right. Well, first of all, um, to those who haven't already heard about Hadoop and Hives or, or maybe know the name but don't really know much about it, could you introduce us to, to what they are and what they do? Of course. It's sort of these are two key pieces to kind of understanding like how we got to today. So, of course, everyone's talking about this exciting term, the data lake house, but what preceded it was the data lake. So to kind of set the stage, you once upon a time, you had a world where basically I had my OLTP databases, so all my transactional databases where my customers and my applications would be like adding records, whether they're adding users or, or bank transactions and whatnot. And these are generally row-based structures and not necessarily ideal for analytics, but great for transactions. So for analytics, we would oftentimes move the data to data warehouses, which were more columnar stores, sort of really optimized for analytics. Uh, but a data warehouse would abstract several things. It would abstract storage. It would abstract uh, the processing of the data. It would abstract uh, the optimization of the data. And that having sort of that box that does all that, well, kind of expensive to have to store a second copy of all of your data, generally only your structured data in the data warehouse box. So the idea was it'd be nice if there was somewhere else I can store all my structured and unstructured data as kind of a dumping ground where it's not so expensive. So this Hadoop framework gets created. And what it does, it allows you to create sort of take a network of cheaper computers because you would often use like higher powered computers for your on-prem data warehouse. You could take these sort of cheaper, lower powered computers and use them as one giant distributed hard drive or one distributed sort of storage system. And that is sort of Hadoop. And this became the birth of the data lake where basically people could just store large amounts of data at a very low price point. Um, on their Hadoop clusters. But doing analytics on that Hadoop cluster was kind of tricky. Originally, you had to use this thing called MapReduce, where you'd have to write all these scripts in Java, uh, which wasn't the easiest thing, the most accessible thing for your typical analytics end user. But what is everyone kind of familiar with? Hive, I mean, SQL. And this is where Hive comes in. So what Hive would do is that you would write SQL statements like you would with a kind of any database and it would take that SQL and translate it into a MapReduce job for you to run on your Hadoop cluster. And that was, you know, great. It allowed us to do ad hoc analytics jobs on our data lake 
instead of having to move that data to the data warehouse all the time. But it was still kind of difficult. Uh, MapReduce wasn't the most performing thing because it wrote to disk after every job. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that would take a lot of time. This is where things like you know Spark eventually innovate and trying to keep these steps and processes in memory. But at the end of the day, we are always trying to get kind of more of the data lake because the more I can get out of the data lake, the more I can kind of control those costs of the data warehouse and the less duplication in my data all around. But over time, especially with the advent of cloud, uh, Hadoop clusters have not sort of become not as optimal as they once was for that way to store your data on your data lake. And that's kind of where we've gone to today. That's a great point, because I was just going to say, you know, we're talking about on-prem here, but everyone talks about the cloud now. So in the world of on-prem data lakes, what's your opinion of what, what's happening right now? Bottom line is basically you kind of end up in two categories if you're currently on-prem. You're either in a situation where you don't have to be on-prem. You were just on-prem because that was the option at the time you built your data lake. But now you have options like the cloud, particularly with using things like object storage, like your S3s, your ADLSs, um, where basically you have much more a cheaper price point. It's easier to maintain because it's cloud managed. So you're not having to you know, deploy all these cluster of computers manually and maintain them. And then also super scalable because the way object storage works is that generally you're not accessing the raw storage file. You're accessing these objects of metadata. Uh, that allow for like basically infinite replication and parallelization of these files and distribution of these files for you know robust global scalability. Um, so that's really cool. It, so anyone who has data would could benefit from storing that data in object storage and ideally in the cloud, where basically running that cluster would be done for you. But that's not necessarily everyone. Some people, for regulatory reasons or for company internal company policy reasons, they kind of have to be on-prem. But fortunately, there are object storage options for even when you're on-prem, you know, uh, software like uh, open source pro projects like Minio and things like that, that offer you the ability to move object storage. But the big trouble is migrating. Right. Is, is there a benefit to moving to on-prem, uh, from on-prem to say, a frictionless cloud? Several. I mean, monoline mon scalability. You're gonna have. You're gonna save a lot of money in the storage of your data. Uh, your data is gonna be a lot more scalable, uh, especially in, in, in a, when you're trying to make that data available globally uh, across several different regions. Because instead of having one physical cluster, where basically those closest to that cluster are going to have the best access to that data, that data can be replicated across several different regions in the cloud and make that data very fast and very crisp to anyone wherever they're at. It's just a matter, always a challenge is kind of getting there because the tools that are available for uh, analyzing your data on cloud are different than the tools generally available to what you're doing on-prem. So not only is there a friction in just having to move physically move that data, but there's also all this friction in having to have all your end users learn new workflows and new practices in order to get there. Oh my goodness. Um, I, so it really depends on the needs of your business as to as to what you should you should use. Although from what you've told me, it sounds like having cloud-based services um, could be more beneficial potentially. Yeah, if it's an option, generally, I think it's you know you're better off in the cloud. But again, there's gonna be situations where again, due to regulatory reasons or internal company reasons, you may be stuck on uh, on prem. But again, there are object storage options for on prem as well. Uh, that are worth migrating to for that scalability. Great. And we talked briefly about, you know, you need to migrate this data. Um, how streamlined is that process? And, and are there many pain points that customers might face when having to migrate from one to the other? Uh, typically, it can be a very painful process because 
you're trying to not disrupt your current sort of uh, data workflows. You don't want your data analyst to kind of have to stop working while you're moving data. Uh, but what happens is that you know you move data from one place to another. The tools that are available change, and uh, basically what happens is you end up having this friction of having to retrain all your end users at the same time as trying to make sure that you migrate and physically move the data smoothly. And this is kind of where a tool like Dremio can is really sort of like has a unique position in um, fixing that problem. I mean, it sounds like that would help a lot. Um, and one of the biggest challenges I guess I hear a lot of is persuading people to accept change rather than the technology itself. Uh, exactly. And this is where Dremio comes real in case. So just first, like, first off, like, what is Dremio? Uh, Dremio is essentially sort of like, what? well, at, at the highest level, I like to think of it as like a Swiss army knife for data lakes. So bottom line is, if you have any kind of challenge with your data lake, general, generally Dremio has some sort of solution for you. But at its core, it's essentially kind of two products bundled into one. It's a query engine for querying data lakes uh, very performantly, whether it's you know, Hadoop or cloud object storage um, and many other sources. But it's also a semantic layer that allows you sort of to organize that data, govern that data, document that data. So that way you can kind of treat it as your sort of central and unified access point. And then that's where it becomes really useful for this migration because I can connect Dremio to my Hadoop cluster. And right off the bat, so even, even not even thinking about migration, right off the bat, you're going to get performance benefits because the query engine is probably going to be the most performant thing you can use on Hadoop storage. And then two, you're going to have that that unified access layer. So you can already begin governing your data, controlling, um, creating a curated access to your users with documentation. So they're already getting a benefit right off the bat. But the cool thing is then you can then connect your cloud sources and basically to your end users, they just have this one workflow. They just learn how to use Dremio when they're on-prem. And then that's what they're going to use when they're on cloud. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, so basically there's no there's going to be no friction for them switching because they're using the same workflows whether they're on-prem or cloud. So they're not going to even notice the data moving because they're just accessing all the data through Dremio and they only have access to the data that you give them access to. Um, so basically you can take as long as you want for that migration. There's no like, hey, I got to flip a switch in one day because if some of the data is still on-prem and some of the data is in the cloud, they can still just access it through Dremio and they're not, they're not going to be impeded at any point in that process. Uh, which makes it easier. So you're getting the acceleration just from using Dremio itself as a query engine, but that semantic layer, that unified access layer, then just also just makes the the actual process of slowly transitioning one to the other a frictionless for your end users, so that way you're not disrupting your workloads as you do so. That just sounds amazing. And from a data quality perspective, because that's something that I'm particularly passionate about, I can imagine that that also helps keep you know, everything's standard, there's less chance of things getting corrupted and, you know, it's it's just business as usual. Yep. At the end of the day, like anytime you can keep workflows more consistent, where you can keep the expectations of your end users in line, it's going to be easier for them to then focus on the actual working with the data, cleaning the data, doing the things they need to do with the data instead of trying to focus, hey, where is the data? What, where, where, what data do I have access to? Because again, also on Dremio, not only do you have access to your data on cloud and on-prem, but again, you have that semantic layer where they can read the documentation so they know exactly what the data sets are. So it makes it really easy for them to have access, know where to access it, and know what data they have. So that way they can just focus on analyzing the data and doing what they need to do with the data for having that more focus um, is going to allow there to be well less mistakes and less flaws in the data. That's very cool. Now, before telling me about Dremio, my, one of my questions to you was going to be when people switch from, say, on-prem to cloud or vice versa, is it kind of like a one-off exercise that is not then done for years or decades because it's such a big job? But you've kind of just told me and answered my own question, which is Dremio makes that not a problem. 
Yep. You know, like a migration can be a long or a quick process depending on the amount of data, which also, again, without Dremio makes it a much more complicated process because you would have, you know, users having to figure out, hey, which data is still on-prem, which data is in the cloud, and then having to use disparate tools to access both sets of data. With Dremio, that's all unified. One, basically, one workflow regarding, regardless of where the data is through a tool that gives you fast access to that data regardless of where the data is. So it really just kind of simplifies the whole process. And there really isn't another tool that kind of gives you that same sort of on-prem and cloud reach uh, with that kind of performance. It sounds like a fantastic tool. I can't wait to test it out. It's worked out very well for like many companies like TransUnion, uh, the Harford, NCR, OddBank, or OTP Bank. Like there's just several people who kind of had that issue, um, whether it is migrating from Hadoop to cloud or whether they are um, just trying to accelerate and get more out of their Hadoop cluster. Because again, there's going to be sometimes where you're stuck on-prem for regulatory reasons. So you can still use Dremio to accelerate and, and simplify your workloads for better use of that Hadoop cluster uh, or to migrate to, let's say, uh, cloud storage on-prem like Minio. Yeah, but those companies that you've just mentioned, they are not small businesses. They are global companies and have probably a wide, huge, wide-ranging array of problems but do you do you find that your customers have like common issues that you tend to resolve for them yeah i mean i would say the common issues are oftentimes especially when it comes to like on-prem clusters basically there aren't as many new tools for on-prem uh on-prem infrastructure and no and so and a lot of those tools are sort of you know they've worn with age and Dremio is probably going to be sort of the most modern cutting edge tool you can really use on-prem that really gives you the best performance but also self-service access because oftentimes Hadoop can be kind of fragile, depending on how you set it up. So oftentimes they still have to move the data to a data warehouse. Then they have to curate the data into data marts. So there's all these kind of steps to get the data to the end user. And if the end user needs something slightly different, then they got to put in a ticket. The person's got to go back to the Hadoop data lake, migrate whatever data needs to be migrated over to the data warehouse, re-update those marts. So there's all these like this like lag, this time lag of waiting for like data changes, which can be improved by making things self-surface, which Dremio really gives you a really nice UI for you to work directly with the data lake. And an end user could easily do basic changes on their own, such as like changing data types or, you know, deriving a new column without having to worry about making a copy, without having to worry about breaking anything. They can just kind of self-serve that data and have direct access to that data um, based on with unified governance. Yeah. And also I'm thinking, you know, the size of these organizations um, and the fact that you have been able to help them shows the, the capability of, of what Dremio can do, not just with small, but huge organizations, you know. So it kind of sounds like no challenge too big. Oh, agreed. Dremio is built to scale. It's, it's built for big data use cases. I mean, again, you have household names like TransUnion, like OTP Bank, one of the biggest banks in Central and Eastern Europe. You have TransUnion who, you know, every time I need to go apply for credit, I'm seeing my TransUnion credit score. And so, I mean, that's, it's, that's definitely something that plays a big role in lots of people's lives in their access to credit. Or, you know, um, Memorial Sloan Kettering is a, is another, is a big, is a, is a Dremio user who um, basically uses it to help you know, accelerate their access to data so that way they can help better, you know, discover and, and, and you know, basically help people discover whether they have cancer or not and help them get treatment. So, it, it, you know, giving that better, crisper, faster access to data, it can transform lives at all different levels, whether we're thinking about, you know, um, at the end, you know, basically energy companies, credit, credit tracking, uh, you know, banking. These are all companies that kind of really touch people's lives at all matter and giving them nice, scalable access, self-serve access to their data can make a difference in the, in the lives of not them, but in their customers as well. And actually, there, there's another part to this. We've talked a lot about, you know, um, smoothing and streamlining processes, saving time, reducing errors, but there, there's actually like a, a time 
cost saving financial like a financial impact on time saved you know teams can become more efficient and work better because you know you're giving them a streamlined process you know they're, they're not having to deal with change and new processes and routines oh 100 percent. you're getting you're basically you're getting a lot tremendous value on many levels you're getting tremendous value from saving money on storage because if you can work better with your data and your data like this less stuff you have to store over there in your data warehouse you're saving money on compute because generally compute on your data lake with Dremio is going to be cheaper than compute to run those queries on your data warehouse. Um, and on top of that, you are saving on the compute on that additional ETL job of moving that additional data to your data warehouse. And then four, again, the like you just mentioned, the increased productivity. So basically you're getting insights faster. You are um, getting better insights because you're giving people a consistent, predictable workflow self-serve data access so that increase in productivity that increase of time and also just increase decrease in stress because of how easy dremio is to use um, provides tremendous value to the end user um, being you know our customers and then their customers benefit from that better access to the data that's it i'm sold sign me up now (laughs) (laughs) Um, alex thank you so much for all of your great insight today um it's been really fascinating and you know, I'm all about efficiency and this just sounds like a fantastic tool for that. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'd like to thank everyone who listened to our conversation. If you'd like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head on over to dremio.com forward slash solutions slash Hadoop dash migration for more information. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech, that's on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to EM360Tech.com.